How many? How many have I got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Well, that's probably more than I thought. I thought I might have one. So I'm glad to have each and every one of you. Um, you know, I found out we had leaders meeting yesterday, and I found out that that they would be back there an hour, you know. I think, oh, my goodness, you know. Usually it lasts about 30 minutes for the evening, for Wednesday evening. So today I went home and I added to my sermon that I had written. And <clears throat> how many of you were here Sunday? One, two, three, four. Um, the one I preached Sunday was my heart calling things that are not as though they are. And so I just kind of picked up from there tonight. So hopefully I won't bore you with the same things, but I'm still going to go along that line. Because what we say out of our mouth is so vitally important. And I don't think any of us understand the power that we release when we say anything, when you open your mouth and speak, it is powerful. And so that's why I want us all, and me included, to change the way we talk. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every single person that's in here. And Lord, I just ask you to anoint me. I ask you to give me the words to say. And I ask, God, that you would make this so indelible in their mind that they will remember it. It will stay with them. It will change their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I guess I've titled this, Are They Faith-Filled Words? You know, in order to believe the words of Jesus, you're going to have to let go of some of the beliefs that you have. How many of you have, like in the, ne in the last five years, how many of you have had some new beliefs come in and you've had to change the way you think? Several of you. Me too. But you know what? Once I got a hold of it, it just went off in me. It's still going off in me. So, you know, God has revelation for us all the time. But we have to take a little time to get it out of here. So you let go of your beliefs in the way you think things work. And you get to get a whole different mindset. Now, I want you to know that's not easy. It absolutely isn't easy. The principles of faith and confession that Jesus taught, they seem totally like nonsense to the world out there. They are just absolutely far out, really. We've heard it so much, we, we believe it, but we don't really do it yet. So God says in John seventeen sixteen, Jesus said it actually, we are in the world, but we're not of it. How many of you sometimes feel like you're just in the world and you can't get out? Yeah, well, we all have that problem, but you can get out. We operate in a different set of laws. When we oper operate what, with what Jesus said, we use kingdom laws, and they're not like the world has. The laws of the kingdom defy explanation because they do not operate in the material. You know what? We want to... And I told you Sunday, you want to see it, don't you? We say what we see, right? Why do we do that? Jesus said, call things that are not as though they already are. And, you know, I've had people say, well, well, th that wouldn't be telling the truth. The truth is, what God says about you. That is the absolute truth. There's one absolute truth, and it's the Word of God. So when you say, I'm healed, even though you're sick, that's the truth. 
the fact may be that you are very muchly ill, okay? But you don't go around saying, oh, I've got a pain in my stomach, and I, I think I'm going to have to go to the ER anytime. I just don't know what's going on with me. I, I just, I don't know if I'll make it or not. Wow. Do we do that? Maybe, maybe you don't do it quite that much. Maybe I exaggerate a little bit. But instead of that, we should say, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. That's what he told us. You know, he, he had 39 stripes on him. And I don't know if that's changed or not, but there was 39 major diseases. Is, is that interesting that uh, that coincides? Okay, you remember that God spoke the unseen into existence by his word. And we hear that, and we know that, and we just, just kind of, it just doesn't carry any weight. And I want it to carry some weight. I told you Sunday, the vibrations of your voice. Okay, I'll just start again. All of you vibrate. Did you know that? You're vibrating right now, sitting right where you're at. You're vibrating. And that chair is vibrating. And this floor is vibrating. And everything in here is vibrating because everything and everyone has a specific set of vibrations. So, God spoke. Light be. If he had just looked at it, it would not have happened. He had to speak. Well, we have to do what God did. We have to speak God's words for it to come to pass for us. Okay? I hope you remember that unseen vibrations change matter. I told you that Sunday. You, when you call things that are not as though they are, you're reaching into what you can't see. And you're bringing it into this natural world. Because in the unseen, the unseen realm is God's realm. And so in the unseen is everything you can ever need or want. It's so quiet in here, y'all. I don't know if y'all are just listening so hard or it's just quiet because there's a few of you. So what you do is you reach in by faith. Faith is the substance. It has, it has substance. Sunday I had a piece of material. Faith is the substance. So this is substance. And when you reach in with faith to that substance, and you keep saying what you need and what you want, it becomes what you need and what you want. But see, you, gotta, you don't just get to say it one time. You get to say it, and you say it, and you say it until you see it. So we don't, we don't go around talking about what we see. Well, we do, but we're going to quit that, right? We call things that are not. You know, I need healing, so I call it in. I need finances, so I call them in. I need relationships healed, so I call them in. I call things that I don't have until I do have. I think that was just a little extra you got there. Have you ever planted a financial seed in faith? You did it for something particular. Um, well, how is it possible then that, that you, you plant, by planting I mean you, you put it in the offering or you give somebody $10 or whatever. So you do that and then somewhere God works and somebody comes along and gives you 100 Maybe you don't even connect the fact that you gave 10 and somebody you didn't even know or somebody that you wouldn't have thought about gave you a hundred. See, the word says, give and it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, 
shaken together and running over, God will cause men to give to you. Well, if you were going to look at this logically, you would say, well, it should multiply in my hand. I gave, right? The word says give and it'll be given back to you. So I give $10 and uh, I give $10 to Patsy here. And then someone comes along and gives me 100 I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this. There's no mathematical explanation as to how this works because giving away dollars doesn't make them multiply, okay? You can give away dollars all over this building, and that doesn't make them multiply. And if it did, it would multiply in the receiver's hand. You're receiving it. You would be the one that it would multiply in, not the one that gave it. But God said give, and it'll be given back to you, the one that gives. So that, that's another one of his little principles that just kind of boggle your brain. His ways are far above our ways. Do you know that? Gravity says a man can't, t- can't walk on the surface of water. So Jesus must have known something we didn't know, huh? Because he walked on water. And right now medical science is saying that lepers and cripples cannot be healed and restored to perfect health in seconds or minutes. They say it takes time. Well, Jesus must have bypassed time. You know, there isn't any time in heaven. Did you know that? God kind of took this little capsule of time and put it on the earth for us. Now, how many of you think that solid matter can pass through walls? Do you remember that Jesus took on a form, walked through the walls, and that's when Thomas said, you know, show me your hands, and he did. Do you think it's strange that the radio waves and the TV waves, they come right through the wall? Did you know that? No problem. But people don't normally walk through walls, do they? But Jesus did. Did he transform his physical matter into energy that passes like those radio waves? Jesus' behavior was so strange to a lot of people that they chose not to even believe some of the things he did. The physical laws that we take for granted were superseded by the person of Jesus Christ. And they can be superseded by us because we're made in his image. John fourteen twelve says, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he will do also, And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. In quantum physics, when you observe something, you change it. And you can never be sure it existed before you looked because when you looked, it changed. Now that's a little bit of a uh, mind tickler, isn't it? Because you looked, you actually interfered with what was there before you looked. Are you getting that? If this sounds crazy and confusing, it really isn't. It just means that we affect everything around us by how we see it and what we believe. Yes? About the what? Adam. Well, it's the subatomic particles. The atom is is orbiting, and I don't know what it orbits around, because what I know about quantum physics you could put in a thimble. But um, 
the subatomic particles make up the atom. So they're too tiny to see. But when you look at them, they'll become what you think and what you believe. Now that, you know, that is scientifically proven. And if that wouldn't make some scientists get saved, I don't know what would. Because um, we're going to have, um, I don't remember what his name is, Grady, what's his last name? McMurphy, you know, that teaches on creation. He's going to come sometime in March, I think it is. And um, he could probably talk about this a whole lot more than me. But we're, we're talking about this in our life group, and we are having a great time learning about it. So Jesus said to the centurion in Matthew 8, You have believed, so be it done to you. Believing. It's a good thing he believed his servant was healed, isn't it? So I want to know, what, what are you believing, and what are you causing to manifest? You know, and I told them Sunday, if you don't like your life right now, You know who's responsible for that? You are. So change it. We have the ability to speak God's word and call into being that which is not. Now, there isn't any other people except believers in Jesus Christ that can do that. Jesus used farming to illustrate his point. He said that, you know this, Whatever you sow, that will you reap. Okay? So if I'm sowing wheat, I'm going to get wheat. If I'm sowing corn, I'm going to get... If I sow money, I'm going to get... See, when I use that word money, y'all kind of bristle up on me. You know, give and it'll be given back to you. I, I love to give. I love to give, so I'll get off of that. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Wow. Death and life. We make the choices. You actually create your own reality. Your perception of life becomes your life. That's why it's so important to change your perceptions. Perceptions are what you see. Your beliefs and your expectations. Remember Sunday, the sermon was expect again. God says it's time to expect again. Are you receiving and believing in the blessing? You know, I was, I was studying out what to do for you tonight, and I got into the blessing a little bit. And I, I was reading where uh, like two and a half million people are Jews in this nation, and yet they are the biggest part of millionaires in America. And you know what they do with their children? They start blessing them. And daily they bless them. And they tell them that they are great, they are marvelous, they can do whatever they want to do because they have they have spiritual attributes they have everything they need and so what happens they just believe it and they go and do it and become they flourish that's right so mark 11 23 says that we could move mountains in our life and i'm just going to take part of that be well okay Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, you think, well, I don't have a mountain in my yard. Do you have a mountain? Anybody have a mountain in their yard? No. Do you have a mountain of troubles or sickness or financial lack or relationships that need healed or healing that needs to take place or whatever? So we all have a mountain. So you say, be removed and cast into the sea. Now, this is the clincher. And does not doubt in his heart do you know doubt comes from the enemy and it comes into your soul realm but your spirit your spirit walks and lives in faith 
So what you have to do is say, all right, soul, you're going to shut up and I'm going to listen to my spirit. Does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that what he says, that's what this says, will be done. And look at that last line. He will have whatever he says. I'm telling you, this just gives me goosebumps. I'm telling you, I... I hope it's getting to you because it just absolutely, ever since we started in our life group with this, I've just been so excited about it because I finally got what God means here. I haven't got the whole part of it. I don't know if I ever will. But I I have to. Well, my husband caught me two or three times this week, you know. I'm thinking, see, I do it too, just like you do it too. We say the wrong things. We say what we see. I can say, you're wearing blue. I could really say, you look glorious in that blue. That's your color. And that really wasn't bad, saying you're wearing blue. But if I said, you you look awfully tired tonight. You know, you look like maybe you should have been getting your rest. That makes her feel really great, doesn't it? But we say what we see, and that's not what we see. I'm just using you, Betty, as an example. She's beautiful. That's what she is. But we got to stop saying what we see. Stop saying what we see. Stop saying what we see. Do you sincerely hold the belief that your words can change, demolish, or heal whatever exists and create what doesn't exist? That's exactly what that scripture says. That with your belief that your words can change, demolish or heal whatever it is you're looking at that you don't like and create what you don't have. Well, if you don't believe that you're as powerful as Jesus said you are, then why don't you believe that? We want to be real humble about it, don't we? After all, that scripture said, The things that he does, we'll do also. That's quite a bit to do, right? And it looks too big for us, doesn't it? So, maybe we feel a little unworthy or less than or inferior when it comes to that. Well, where did you get that belief? From the devil. If you hold negative thoughts and beliefs, then you'll have to discover them and change them and some of you have them and you've had them so long you don't really know that that's what they are so you have to start listening to what you're saying don't listen to what your friend is saying your spouse is saying listen to what you're saying and change it say what god says about you and that's all And sometimes you just have to zip your lip. And that's hard. That's really hard for me. (laughs) Will you uncover the hidden beliefs that control your life? Until you do, you'll not be able to operate in the power that Jesus has. You know, you're either controlled by faith or fear. Did you know that? It's fairly easy to identify negative limiting thoughts and beliefs. These bring fear, they make you feel bad, they manifest as hopelessness, they cause you to expect sickness, poverty, failure, and defeat, and they make you feel stuck. But what you have to do is you have to reprogram it, you know, like a computer. You reprogram it. Well, how would you do that? How would you reprogram? With the Word of God. So you speak only what agrees with the Bible. You know, what is seen, what you can see right now, was all created from that unseen realm. So if God can do it, you can do it too. Because we're made in his image. Your outward circumstances, you may not like this. Are just a reflection of your beliefs. 
I mean, that really got me. It's getting you, isn't it? Your outward circumstances are a reflection of your beliefs. See, what's happened is a lot of people have believed wrong. They believe that God is out to get them. They believe that sometimes God's good and sometimes he's not. And that's a lie. He's always good. There's no bad in him. He doesn't have any bad to give anybody. There is none there. Your outward circumstances, whatever is going on in your life, is just reflecting what you believe. And before you change the circumstance, you have to change you. You don't go working on the circumstance yet. You got to work on you. If you're going to speak to any mountain in your life and get it removed, you're going to have to believe that what you say will come to pass. Let me say that again. If you're going to speak to any mountain in your life, whatever trouble you're going through, whatever situation or circumstance, you have to believe that what you say will come to pass. Now, I'm going to tell you that you may not believe it at first. You say it anyway, okay? Because it's what God says about you. It is the truth. So you say it anyway until one day you believe it. So if you don't believe it, it's okay. You just say it till you do believe it. And it's after you believe it and you start saying it, then it's like the power comes into your words. Because what you believe in your heart comes out of your mouth. You know that. That's how, how you can tell Christians wherever they are because you listen to their mouth. You know your heart is the one that produces what you say with your mouth. If you hear yourself speak what God has said about you, it brings faith in your heart. Because if you're saying the Word of God, it's just like reading the Word of God. Romans, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. It's in Romans. It says, faith comes by hearing. 1017. There you go. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So you're in here today and you're hearing a, lot, a sermon a lot like what we had Sunday. But you can pick up nuggets in this. Faith comes by hearing and by reading and by listening to the Word of God. Because this is full of faith. So every time you get a, a morsel out of there, you get some faith. Isn't that exciting? A good reason to read the Bible. Um, every time you speak what God has said about you, it puts faith in your heart and changes your perception of you. And it interacts with the world around you. Here's an example, and you don't have these scriptures, so that's okay. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. And Ephesians 6.10, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And Romans 8.11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I lost my place. And quickens my mortal body. And Romans 8.2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Colossians 2.10, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge dwell in me Woo, through Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? All, let's see that again. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge dwell in me through Christ Jesus. Wow, do you need a little wisdom? Wisdom in my heart's like water in a deep well. I'm a person of understanding and I draw it out. These are just things to say. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. I know the truth, and the truth has set me free. 
Jesus said, whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So I now loose the blessings of God to flow in my life. You know, you may get up here and get somebody to pray for you, and we'll pray blessings on you. But you know what? If you hear yourself say, I am blessed. God is blessing me. Things are coming to me that I've dreamed of all of my life. My dreams are coming true. God wants me to prosper in everything I do. And when you get a hold of that and you begin to say it, it'll change you. And then you can work on your circumstances. So you give substance to your world with your words. It takes faith in God's word. To believe that you can have what you say. God is not limited to the things that we see. He has an infinite, limitless supply of substance. Now, it's just substance, remember? This isn't anything but substance out here in this unseen realm. Okay? But he has a limitless supply of it. So what do you need? It's right there. Faith observes what is not and gives it substance so it can become what you want. Don't you love the kingdom of God and the fact that now you can operate on a whole different level and you can see your faith working? You know, we are made in the image of God. You all will agree with that, right? What does that mean? You know, theologians, theologians and Bible scholars, they, they have debated this forever. What is the image of God in man? Well, first you need to know it's, it was the fact that God placed in us a spirit which has the same nature as or essence of the Holy Spirit of God. But God gave to man something else that only man has, and none of the rest of his creation have it. What do you think that is? Hmm? That's right. Only man can speak words. Man has the ability to speak words. Now, animals have sounds that they make, right? And they can communicate with each other. I think my cats talk all the time. I don't know what they say. You can even make recordings of each species and identify them from the sounds they make. I was listening to something my great-granddaughter had, and it was, it was sounding all of these different animals, and she was saying what they were. And I'm thinking, I didn't even know what some of them made, what kind of sound they made. But you cannot learn the language of an animal. Did you know that? I don't care how smart you are. You can't learn the language of an animal. You have your own speech, your own words. You can talk. Only man has the ability to speak words. Do you realize that? How, how unique we are, how different we are. We stand out in creation as the one with a spirit, the only one. And if you think your pets are going to heaven, I'm sorry. I don't believe they are. They haven't got a spirit. But I think there will be one just like your pet up there. Okay. We, we had a guy in our church, and he, I don't remember whether he had a cat or a dog, but he was, loved them so much. And we would have this little discussion a lot. I'd say, no, your animal's not going to go to heaven. You know, and his animal got real old and was real, and he was really getting concerned about it. I said, you know, it's okay. God will have one that looks just like yours for you. Well, so I think there must be some connection between your spirit and your words. Spirit and words are always linked together. So when God made man in his image, he made him so he could speak words. God spoke words, right? When a man speaks, what he actually is doing 
is releasing a spiritual force into the earth. And see, we just do it all the time, and we, we don't think anything about it, do we? Patsy. See, I just release spiritual force. And if I'm saying good things, Patsy is a beautiful woman. Patsy is coming into her own. She's learning about God and growing so fast. I just released spiritual force over you. Sunday, I told you, you know, you vibrate and, and you give off an energy about you. You know, so when I'm speaking all these words that are God words, it is producing an energy around me. So I walk in the room and you can feel the energy of God. Did you know that? Now, if somebody's really, really negative and they're speaking all those other garbage things, then you can feel that too. So this works for the good and it works the other way. So you want to do it for the good, right? Okay, God has given man a little piece of power. You know, we think he has the whole power over the earth now because Jesus came and gave it to us. But, you know, the, the sea and the sun and moon and stars, we don't mess with that. That's out of our territory, okay? But we can, we can speak things in this world. But those are, well, the seas in this world. But um, on the first three days of creation, God made certain things like the planets, the stars, the earth, and the sea. And God retains that power. But he gave to Adam the ability to control what took place in the earth. How does he do it? With his words. The power was limited to the earth sphere. But God came down every day to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And he made available to, to them the fullness of his power. The creative power that's in man's spirit can only be released in two different ways. You either release it with action or you release it with words. So on action, you know, you've got to act like you believe. You've got to act like you already have it before you get it. I remember um, Paul Youngo Cho, is that his name? I remember when he got a hold of this. And he asked God for a bicycle. But in the process of waiting, he told everybody he had a bicycle. I mean, it became so real to him that he, he just said it all the time, you know. I have a bicycle, I have a bicycle. I have a bicycle, I can go where I want to go. And yet, I'm sure they saw him walking. But he still said, I have a bicycle, I have a bicycle. And I think some of his friends wanted to come and see the bicycle. <laughs> and he said, you know, not yet. But then the day came when what he said was in his living room. And then... Of course, they got to come and see. But he, he got a hold of the fact that we call what you need from that realm into this realm. And you, you say it with your words. <clears throat> okay. Um, now, I know some of you, when I said we don't have any uh, authority over the sun, moon, and stars, and I'm sure you thought of Joshua, didn't you? Um. We don't have the power to stop the earth's rotation. But you know what? Joshua did that. Well, I wonder how he did that. Because that's, that's not a power that we have. We can't alter the rotation of the earth around the sun or the stars or the moon or any of those. But God can. And Joshua stood in, in, the, in the scripture in Joshua 10, 12, and 13... And he spoke to the son, and he said, You will not go down until the battle is won. He had no power over that. Over that. 
but God honored him. And the sun stood still until the battle was won. And you know what? That has not happened again in all of Scripture or in all of our lives. But God honored him because he was honoring his word through him. Man has been given the authority to run this earth. You have control. You have authority to control what takes place in your day-to-day life. How many of you have a little ritual that you go through every day? You know, habits make you what you are. And habits, small habits, can become big habits. And I'm saying that in the good, good part, because small habits can become bad habits through evil things as well. We have a free will and a choice. And you can create whatever you need. Now, you don't have to go to God and say, "Um, do you want me to write a book? Do you want me to wear blue today? Do you want me to clean the house today? You know, God gave you a mind, and he wants you to use it, okay? He doesn't expect you to do that. It's under your control. Use your mind and use your body to physically do and create what you can in this world. Man has lost the knowledge of the fact that the most creative power he has is right here in his mouth, in his words. It's a spiritual law, and it still works, and I told you Sunday, it works every time. Do you know of anything else that's surefire like that? It works every time. You've heard the saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, harm me. That is not true. Your words are the most powerful things that you have about you. That's total nonsense. There's power in words because words release into the earth what is in your spirit. You think you, you, think, you think all these things up. You don't. They come from your spirit. And that's why they have such power with them. That's why there's such a spiritual force released. Because they come from here, from your spirit. Okay, you have a body, did you know that, that's made from the elements of the earth. Do you all know that? Do you all know that? And you have a spirit that's similar in nature to God. And you have a soul that kind of rests in the middle. And, you know, it can go with your spirit. And you just be the best little thing in the world. Or it can go with your body. And you can be not so good. Okay? Your soul decides which way you're going to go. Your soul is your mind your will, and your emotions. Man can make contact with God's realm right here through your spirit, and you make contact through this physical world with your body. Okay, I'm going to get over here and make physical contact with Marie. You see that? Now, I'm just going to give you a little side information here. When you leave your body, you lose the control that you have in the world. You still have a spirit, but when you die, you leave your body and you have no further control in this earth. The souls and spirits of the dead do not have access to the earth. They have no control over it. And you need to know also that the spirits of darkness, the demon forces of Satan, do not have any control in this earth because they are spirits. To have any control on this earth, you must be made 
from the earth and have a spirit. And the poor devil and all his demons, they don't have the body. Well, that's good. I don't mean poor devil. I mean that's good. So here's another spiritual law. Only a spirit living in a body that's made from the earth has any power or authority of control here in this earth. So, you know, you don't have to be afraid of things. Or, you know, I'm not saying the devil isn't alive. He is. But I'm saying they don't have any authority here. They use your authority or my authority. Adam knew how to use the power of his spirit using words because God made him that way. He was the God of this world. He was in control, had the power to control whatever happened. But Satan wanted to control the earth and didn't have a body, so what did he do? He used Adam. And Adam fell, handed control over to Satan. You know, temptation is the work of Satan, but he can only tempt you with what's common to man. He has no other power in the earth because the power in the earth is given only to a spirit being living in a physical body. But you know what? Now, since Jesus came in the cross, we have access to the Creator Himself, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us. The born-again Christian today is so much more powerful than Adam was. Did you know that? And, you know, when you think about what Adam knew, he named all of those animals. My goodness, I don't know what his IQ was. It must have been 500. But, you know, we, we are so much more than he. And that really kind of boggled my brain a little bit. Okay. So... Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. So, can you do what Jesus did when he walked in the earth? Can you cause a fig tree to die by speaking to it? What? Who said sure? Winona? Yep. Okay. Can you cause the weather to change by speaking to it? Can you cause sickness? And disease to flee when you speak to it? Can you turn water into wine? <laughs> and a lot of you are saying, no, I, I can't do that. Have any of you done any of these things? These are the things Jesus did, and he said we're supposed to do them. If you are a child of God, you can. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, you can do these things. But you know what? We get kind of busy at home, don't we? We get kind of busy doing our own thing. You know, if, if we would begin to look for people, for things, for opportunities to do these things, I am quite confident we would stay busy doing them. But we're at a job. That's something we didn't used to have the women doing that a job, but now they're at a job. The men are at a job. And the men may be at the job in the night, and they may be in the job in the daytime, and even the women, you know. And Sundays are just the same as any other day, right? Okay, she says, sometimes healing is easier for someone else than yourself. Now, why is that? Because you're in pain, she says. Okay. Distracted, because the pain distracts you. Okay, what else? You, you, you don't think you're supposed to get it for some reason. That's, that's good. You don't think you're worthy of being healed, but other people are. Well, isn't that, that sound like Jesus? No. That sounds like one of those things we've been taught that isn't right. 
We have to get rid of those old beliefs, don't we? So um, you have to put action to your words. Every problem that comes up from now on and every difficult situation that you face, this is the way you'll face it. You're going to speak. What will you say? Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? We spend all the money. We don't have any money for our needs. I don't know what we're going to do this month. Well, that really helped a lot, didn't it? That's not how you're going to do it, okay? If you want to walk in faith and talk in faith, you've got to put some action to it. So you start acting as if you believe what God has said. Let's see if I can say this right. I was listening to Mike Murdoch yesterday. And he said God's greatest pleasure is for you to believe. And his greatest pain is unbelief. He just wants us to believe what he said. Mark 18, Mark 16, 15 through 18. Jesus, Jesus is about ready to leave the earth. He's about to go up in that little cloud. Well, it really wasn't a cloud. He just kind of went up into the air. And just before he left, he's talking to 500 of them, he said, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them to observe the things whatsoever I've commanded you. And he that believes and is baptized will be saved. And he that does not believe will be condemned. And you know, I don't know if you've ever read that and it's bothered you. But, you know, you may know of somebody that got saved and then they died and they didn't get baptized. Well, it says, he that does not believe will be condemned. It doesn't say he that did not get baptized will be condemned. You see, we read that into it. It doesn't say that. It says, he that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe, you've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. How many have ever done that? None of you? One. I've done a lot of that. John, have you not done that? Huh? Now, this is just the first thing here, cast out demons. Then we've got they'll speak with new tongues. I do that. They'll take up serpents. Well, I don't take up serpents. Anybody... Want to take up serpents around here? No. I think that must be deadly things or harmful things. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. And they'll, this is the one I love. I love, love, love it. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And you know what we want to do? We want to lay hands on the sick. And then we want to say, how are you doing? Are you okay now? Are you better? Okay, let's lay hands again. We want to see, I want to see, I want to see miracle healing. Do you all want to see that? I want to see that for your wife. I want to see miracles happen in this church and out of this church. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to see them recover. Because I think we, we don't have to. We, we do it in faith. But I was watching uh, on Facebook. Anybody on Facebook around here? And Shelly had a little, a little deal of a baby. A woman brought a baby, and he was eight months old, to church. And the doctor said, no, don't take that baby to church. But they did anyway. She did. And... This was a pretty lively church. But anyway, she said her daughter told her about the baby. It was a woman pastor, so she said, we're going to pray for this baby. 
This baby had been in a coma since she was, I don't remember. She had been in, yeah, like at least three months it had happened. She was shook by a babysitter. And she went into a coma. And so she'd been in a coma five or six months. And it showed the baby. She was a beautiful child. And, you know, just with her eyes shut. And and they kept showing her. You know, you couldn't get an eight-month to sit still like that anyway. But if you wanted to doubt it. But they began to pray. And everybody in the house was praying. And they were, you know singing praise to God. and um, I don't know how long it, it went on. How long would you say? You know, 10 or 15 minutes, maybe more. And they, and then they'd show you another picture, and the pretty soon the baby opened her eyes. And I just, I just wanted to sit down and cry. I just thought, oh, God, I want to see that. I want to see that. But she opened her eyes, and she, she was on a feeding tube. And she began to swallow. And she was using her tongue, you know, figuring out what was going on, and then she would swallow. And, you know, the mother kind of disappeared, so I don't know if she was just overtaken with all this or what, because somebody else was holding the baby at the last of it. But that baby left there totally healed. I want to see that for every baby. I want to see that for every person that has an infirmity. I mean, healing is just in my bones. And I want to see it so bad. And God has told me I will. And, you know, here a while back, I, I'm way off the track. But I had a, I had a prophecy given to me that... Um, Healing would be so natural to me that it would be old hat. And I thought, oh, God, I want it to be old hat. You know what that means? It would just happen so much. He said, even those that you've prayed for and they're in the hospital, before you can get there, they're out looking for you because they know it was the prayer of faith that you prayed. Well, you know, I'm, I'm warring over that prophecy. I want that to come to pass. Okay, I'm, I'm stuck on the sick thing, so i got to get off of this and finish. She's your aunt. She said her aunt <clears throat> had an aneurysm on her aorta, her heart, and leaking, and they gave her three days to live, and that was a year ago. So, you know, God, yes. So what is faith anyway? Hey, well, you surprised me with that. Say that again. Being sure of what you hope for and what? And certain of what you cannot see. Wow. Well, that's not even what I've got, but that sounds better. Faith is being sure of what you hope for. You know, none of us are hoping for sickness, are we? And none of us are hoping for lack in any way. And none of us are hoping for relationships messed up. Well, what else is there? There's finances, there's healing, there's relationships. Whatever, what else do we need to believe for? Does that cover it? I think spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, socially, and emotionally. God wants to bless us. And we hinder him because we speak against what he wants us to say. If it is true that the spirit has the power to change the physical, then there must be some kind of force or energy or power in our spirit that enables it to bring about those changes. So when, when you have the Holy Spirit in here, 
and you go lay hands on someone, and I said this the day that we did the healing here. I don't remember what we were doing here, but I preached on healing, and I had people come up. And God taught me this little thing, and here I am on healing again, that when I lay hands on anyone, I'm releasing the power of God. And I don't care. I don't have to say it. It happens. When, you, when any believer lays hands on the sick, we release the power of God. You just give like a big dose of it. So I tell people that all the time. I tell people, I'm going to lay hands on you, and the power of God will come out of me and go into you. You can't stop it, and you may feel it, you may not. It doesn't matter whether you do or not. The scripture says the just shall live by faith. I don't even know. I don't have that scripture down. You have it somewhere there. It also says that man shall not live by bread alone. Well, how are you going to live on every word that comes out of the mouth of God? You must have to get it inside of you, huh? You got to get it inside of you so when you open your mouth, it just comes out of your spirit. So instead of being mad and angry, you say the right things, or you you say what God has said. So, <clears throat> so you say what proceeds out of the mouth of God. Faith should be as natural as breathing to a child of God. Is it that natural to you? The enemy has access to my soul, and he puts doubts in my mind. I told you that. He wants to neutralize your faith. In a nutshell, then, believing is when you follow the faith that comes up from your spirit to fill your mind. And unbelief is when you allow the doubts in your mind to rule. Unfortunately, a lot of people have the idea God's sovereign and he can do whatever he pleases. That's not true. He is bound by his word. They think that he can change his mind when he pleases, that today he may want to go one direction and tomorrow he may go a different direction. So we become like little children wondering what we're supposed to do. But you get an idea that you do not really know what you're supposed to do. And that teaching is wrong because your heavenly father isn't fickle like we are. He's consistent. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. I think maybe they're finished, so I'm going to be finished. So I just pray right now that what I spoke Sunday and what I've spoke today, spoken today will get inside of you. And you call things that are not as though they are. And if, if it doesn't work, you keep doing it. If it didn't work for that, you do it for this. If it didn't work for this, you do it for that. And you just keep doing it until one day you'll get such, such faith in you that it won't matter what it is. You'll just begin to bring it from the unseen to the seen. So, Father, I thank you for this message, and I thank you for the rapt attention of the people And I bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen.